baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. And Beamaz and Beamer back here with you on WBEN uh, on a Tuesday morning as we're still trying to kind of sort through the events of the weekend and bring you through it as well. Uh, obviously taking your calls and comments and almost continuing the conversation from yesterday, really. Uh, what can you say? Uh, how are ways that you're looking to help? What are the ways that you're talking about it? 803-0930, uh, you can give us a call or send us a text on the Volkswagen Workshop Park text board. Uh, president is arriving. He will be arriving in Buffalo within the hour, uh, probably just before 10 o'clock or so. Uh, I think a couple minutes late in uh, taking off in Air Force One. So uh, just before 10 o'clock or so, we'll be bringing you the scenes live here on WBEN. He'll be meeting with, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, some of the grieving families uh, before giving some remarks later on this afternoon at about 1 o'clock, which, again, you'll be able to hear here live on WBEN. Joe, it's, you know, for a position that over the last six or seven years has just become so polarizing, so... I don't want to say overly politicized because it is a, it's always a politician who holds it. Right. Um, it, it's always like that. But it, it has become very polarizing. Who, whoever the president has been over the last uh, six years or so, where we've just kind of taken this turn into, uh, you know, everybody yelling at each other over everything. Yeah. I, I think this is a little bit of a sobering reminder about the job of the head of state and the power that that office can hold and how it can be used as a way to try to bring America together. And that's part of the visit here in Western New York. It's a show from the nation's highest office that the nation is behind you in a moment of tragedy. And I hope that's how everybody's taking it in today. And I think it's a really important thing to even as we become so polarized in everything else that revolves around not just the White House, but everywhere, the Supreme Court now over the last couple of weeks, right. everything in Washington. Uh, you know, I I do find it relieving that we're still able to do this, uh, that we're still able to have this type of event to show, uh, I mean, obviously hitting home because it's right here, but to show people who are directly impacted that the nation's behind you. Yeah, this isn't a day to play politics. 
right, Brian? I think that's a, a, a way to put it. The, the president is here. There was a tragedy here. Uh, the president is coming as the leader of the country to try to bring uh, the community together. And, and again, like you said, um, to say the nation is behind you. Uh, I, I know it's rare in uh, in 2022 uh, to say this, but it, it this is not the day to play politics. This is about the president, the 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 office that it, you know that that holds. Like you said, the president coming to Buffalo to say, "Hey, America." Regardless of party, America is with you, and that's what this is all about. We are Americans. We, 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 you know, we are Western New Yorkers. We are grieving uh, as a community. The president is here to put the support of the country in Buffalo. It's one of the great powers of that office. Yes, to be able to do that, yep. to uh, you know, be able to play that role uh, of head of state of uh, somebody who can come and deliver that message. That's what's going to happen today, uh, about a half hour from now expecting the president to land at the airport here in western New York uh, to visit the site, um, to meet with families, and to deliver some remarks here early this afternoon. Again, uh, when that begins, you'll hear it live here on WBEN. Um, And, you know, Joe, we continue to talk about what happened, and there's really a couple of aspects to the story. Uh, And we brought you both of them this morning. Uh, On the one hand, you have the continued grief. You have the stories uh, horrifying uh, that come out of the event itself. And then you have the story of trying to figure out what led up to this. Uh, Was there a reason of trying to put some sort of reasoning behind why this happened? And, you know, there's a few of the obvious reasons, right? I mean, racism, you know, there, I mean, it, it could stop there for a lot of people and say, well, that is the reason. Um, for people investigating, it's going to go further than that. And the stories that we're seeing, it goes further than that. Okay, racism. Why racism? How racism? Um and from what we're seeing, this is something that developed online in large part, is what it seems. And this is the thing that I, I think it's difficult for a lot of people. We took a few texts on this, Joe, yesterday, mm-hmm. where people said, and I don't think there's anything wrong with you know saying that, okay, well, hate starts at home. How, you know, what type of household did he live in? You know, what what was going on in that house that the people in the house should be in somewhat responsible? And that totally makes sense. Uh, but then there's this other part that online radicalization can now happen to so many young people that were people in the House aware. We spoke about this yesterday with Dr. Cummings from uh, ECMC and the University of Buffalo about how big of a problem it is that more and more people are online, not interacting. You know, it's what we talked about with Darius Pridgen, just a, a little bit ago, right, where 
can a person be radicalized if they're actually meeting people face-to-face, if they're talking to people in their community, if they're speaking with people of all ethnicities, of all races, uh, of every single walk of life? Here's what Dr. Cummings had to say uh, about that, the the online presence. It's a huge problem, and of course it was compounded a hundredfold with COVID. Right? I mean, we talked numerous times about the importance for people to be in school, not because they're learning to read and write, but because that's where we have our, especially as kids, that's where our social connections are. That's where we learn how to be, you know, teenagers and young adults. That's where we practice in a relatively, not completely, but relatively safe environment um, where where there's a little bit, you know, ability to screw up and not have dire consequences. Um, when you take someone, I mean, when you look at, at people who have done this, um, again, very rarely are you going to find major, major psychiatric conditions that were noticeable by people. But you'll see people who are socially isolated. You'll see people who are disenfranchised. You'll see people who are um, either victimized or or have the perception that they're being victimized. And when you get, a, 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 whether we're talking about radicalization in, in, in a, a terrorist group from overseas or right here in our backyard, um, those are the folks who are most, most um, vulnerable to that. And certainly, again, I know nothing about the individual any more than anyone else. And, um, you know, a decade ago, I might have been one of the people treating him, but that's, you know, not in my purview anymore. Um, when you look at many of these cases, it is just that. And so now, you know, you have COVID and everything else and... You know, that just got magnified because we all became disconnected in, in, in many ways. Um, and for our most vulnerable people, most vulnerable for mental illness, most vulnerable for being, you know, kind of indoctrinated into this kind of world of hate, um, you know, I, I, there's, there's reverberations of the amount of social isolation that we've had in the last two years that will go on for a very, very long time, um, well after we start saying the word COVID. Michael, that thank you so much. We- Michael Cummings. Um, yesterday. And Joe, that part there about and magnified over the last two years, which is what we're learning potentially happened to this person, where you take somebody who's already maybe a little socially isolated and you strip any of that social interaction they have, and then they instead tunnel all their energy into a world of hate online. Um, and I wonder, it would seem to reason that those people who sent us messages yesterday, right? You know, of course, the people in the household would know what's happening. I, in 2022, is that the case? I don't think it's always the case, Brian. And we do see, and, and, you know, we've done shows about how, you know, how dangerous it can be to just stare at a phone, stare at your computer all day. Uh, and this, we, we're seeing, I mean, this this guy was radicalized um, by just, you know, stuff uh, they were reading online. Brian, and I will say in 2022, it's very easy to have something going on that you don't realize around the house. I, I do point to this, however, the, the this individual was um, taken aside uh, after threats in a high school and put into a mental evaluation. So, I, 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 again, I don't know. I, this is just how I'm viewing it from the outside on the information I have. 
you would think that there was something known or at least a hint of something in the house. But to your yeah, point, that's right. But to your point, it's obviously very easy to have all this stuff on your computer and not communicate that with anyone in your house. That's in 2022. That's very easy to do. I, I just think it's it is a time to take a look at what's going on in our own lives. Yeah. Well, great point. And I think part of that is instead of the, uh, I think, knee-jerk response of how could you let that happen, how could people close to him not know? And, Joe, what you're saying is right with, uh, obviously, what happened that we've learned last June. I mean, he was he made some sort of threat before. I mean, this should have been on the radar. Right. Um, I w- apparently was gifted a gun. I don't know when the timeline of that is, as opposed to when that threat was made. But obviously, those two things don't add up to being a a household who's thinking on any you know right. uh, spectrum that we're used to. But just kind of in our own lives, with what's going on with your kids with the people in your house, when you see somebody in your household who is nose deep in their phone on a computer, do we really know? Do we have a good idea of what's going on inside of our own house? Do we have a good idea of what that person's doing? Are they working? They could be. Are they you know, playing a game? Are they on message boards? And if they are, what's on those message boards? And, you know, even all of that combined, are they spending so much time looking into a screen and not interacting with people on a face-to-face level that you kind of forget to treat people like people? Because this doesn't happen with somebody who has a basic human level of of empathy, of social interaction. You you know, we said yesterday, it's why so many people point to mental illness. It it is our way of understanding it. But I, I just believe so truly that people who talk to others, who are surrounded by all different sorts of people, do not go and commit crimes of hate like this. Right. Right. And, and, you know, it's we always say this check in. Right. I mean, how if you see someone and and they've become more socially isolated. Right. Um, you don't know what they're digging through. Right. As Brian said, message boards. What does that lead to? Uh, how about, you know, if someone had just checked in on on this guy, if they said, you know, what are you doing? What are you researching? What, what are you up to? And just checking in. I, and I'm also interested about the cues that could have been given on social media. And did someone just scroll past that uh, without, I don't you know, asking questions, reporting it? You know, uh, the old say something, uh, see something, say something. Uh, it, it, it's it, it like you said, Brian, it, it does show us that. We need to be more, be more cautious of those around us. And, and again, if someone's become socially isolated or someone, as you said, is is deep into their computer or their phone for hours and hours, check in. Hey, what are you doing over there? What's going on? Yeah. I, right? I mean, ask, you know, 
ask them to bring their head up from the screen for a second and have a conversation because I agree with you, Brian. People who are having conversations, people who are part of society, right? They don't do this. How often does that happen? And it's that part of it, right, is not like anything new. You know, bring your head out of the clouds, bring your head off the stream. I mean, a teenager locking himself uh, in his room for hours on end, you know, uh, maybe they were on the computer just watching TV, uh, playing a video game or something. That's nothing new. Right. What's new is what is on the other side of that what, screen. What they have access to. Uh, what's new is this uh, unbelievable um, depth of content online that anybody has access to. And the uh, we've all heard of, you know, oh, I fell down the YouTube rabbit hole, right? You know, I'm watching videos of whales, you know, jump out of the water or something like right. that. Well, just think of that. And now you can easily fall into a rabbit hole of extreme ideology. A very dangerous rabbit hole. A, a rabbit hole of racism. A rabbit hole of, you know, anything else like that. And now it's even more important than it was, say, 20 years ago to do exactly what you said, right? Yep. To check in on people, to pay attention to what exactly they're looking at, to, to what they're doing. You know, if somebody's locked in their room all day playing NHL video game, uh, you know, it's concerning on a level. Right. But it's not at the level that it is right now. I, I mean, it's a different world right now. And these are the kind of things that you end up with. Yeah. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we have so many of these attacks that this happens over and over again more recently in the past few years when the depth of the internet has grown exponentially. And, and that's all I, I keep coming back to is, you know, every time we're talking to, uh, whether it was Ulysses Wingo, Darius Pritchin this morning, uh, talking to Eva Doyle about the conversation she has with people. And, you know, I'm thinking, and she is very passionate about who is showing up for these conversations, about the power of what she's talking about with people. I, and the only thing going through my head is that I, it's great. But the people showing up for these conversations are not the ones going down I, these rabbit holes. Are not the ones that you, you have to, people are showing up to these conversations because they care. We need to find people who are not showing up to meet people face to face. Yep. And figure out a way to reverse that trend. Because when you meet people face-to-face, when you are an active part in your community, especially here in Buffalo, I, you don't end up hating anybody. I, you don't end up doing this sort of thing. There is a true power of conversation and a true power of reaching out and talking with people. And, and I, I've said this so many times. It is so important to have conversations with many different people of many different backgrounds and opinions. That is so important to do that. And again, if someone is just buried in their computer, buried in their phone, have a conversation with them. What are you doing, right? And hold that conversation. Don't just check in. Have a conversation. I think it's so important. We are bringing you uh, much more on the president's visit to Buffalo. Uh, Air Force One expected to land here within the next half hour. Our Max Ferry is at the scene at the airport. Our Tim Wenger is down 
at the scene on Jefferson Avenue where the president is expected to visit. And uh, later on, we'll be bringing you his remarks from another place in Buffalo. All when we come back, b and Beamer on WBEN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Back here on WBEM, Brian Mazeroski, Joe Beamer. As the president lands in Buffalo, our Max Ferry is down at the airport as Air Force One comes in. Max, what are you seeing right now? Well, uh, the Air Force One has landed in Buffalo. It arrived about maybe seven or eight minutes ago. I can see the president stepping out of the Air Force One right now, or he is about to, where he's going to come down the steps with the First Lady. Uh, security is tight around here. We have the state troopers in the Erie County along. It's two snipers up on the top deck here. I'm right at the tarmac, and uh, he's going to come down soon and get ready to uh, address the press. All right, Max, uh, we'll be checking in with you uh, throughout as he is stationed at the airport. Air Force One lands, I, I mean, always a sight to behold in western New York when that plane comes down onto the tarmac, the stairs being secured right now and uh, getting ready for the president and first lady to make their way into Buffalo. They'll meet with some of the families directly impacted by Saturday's shooting before giving some remarks later on. Our Tim Wenger is situated on Jefferson Avenue where the president will be. We'll also hear from Brayton Wilson later in the day who will be following along as the president makes their remarks. We see uh, the contingent with uh, Governor Kathy Hochul and others heading out to uh, now the tarmac near the stairs at Air Force One, getting ready to greet the president. Um, You know, Max, I see the governor there. Um, Does it look like it's a group of people going to uh, greet the president as he is about to walk out? Oh, yes. There are um, multiple uh, vehicles out and a huge group of people uh, ready to meet the president. Uh, He's set this up on him any time now. All right, Max. Joe, I mean, you know, seeing something like this, it never gets old no. uh, to, you know, have that visit here in Western New York. No, it, it's it's very, as we said at the opening of the show, Brian, very symbolic uh, to see Air Force One again, a day to put politics aside um, and, and, you know, realize, recognize the um, the power of the office, the what the office represents. And again, what this visit represents, as we will see uh, President Biden walk down those stairs. And as you said, uh, Governor Kathy Hochul's here. I, I have to believe that uh, Mayor Byron Brown will be there and um, members of Congress and uh, the state assembly. It represents 
the nation being behind uh, yes. not just the families who he's going to meet with later on today, but being behind the community, uh, the nation being behind us here yep. in Buffalo, yep. that you know they're there, that they care, and it's something that's much needed. And that head of state role uh, is what the president is doing now as we see him walk out of Air Force One. Uh, Max, you see the president now? Yes, I do. He is about maybe 20, 25 yards from me, Joe and Jill. They are stepping out and reaching the bottom of the stairs now, uh, addressing Governor Hochul and Mayor Byron Brown. All right, Max, thank you. We'll uh, head back to you if uh, we see anything else there Max at Ferry. the airport. Max Ferry from WBEN, a long embrace with the governor from the president. As Max mentioned, the mayor also there to greet the president as Air Force One touches down, the first lady as well. From here, they will be heading to Jefferson Avenue. I see uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, Kirsten Gillibrand also getting off of Air Force One. Uh, Congressman Higgins as well, stepping down the steps of the plane to greet the governor and the mayor as the president arrives in Buffalo. And the president will leave the airport, head down to uh, the scene to meet with the families of the victims and then address the media. Our Tim Wenger will be uh, along uh, with him. Tim joins us now. Tim, what are we expecting uh, the president's next move to be? Uh, Joe, good morning. That that entire entourage uh, of folks will make their way down here to the, to the area immediately in front of Tops. That's where Jefferson Avenue, of course, is uh, completely closed off at the moment. And this is where the president, Dr. Biden, and all of the other dignitaries respects at the uh, numerous memorials that are set up uh, directly across from in front of adjacent to uh, top it's here on uh, Jefferson Avenue so a sea of media awaits unfortunately just due to security uh, call there really are no uh, community members that have been allowed to be in the vicinity uh, but this is uh, really a media slash press event um, you know to uh, gather the images and the uh, anything that uh, any of these folks including the president might have to say but uh, uh, you know we expected the possibility of rain today it's a, a, a blue sky uh, breezy as you and so breezy and knocked uh, Tim off the air and we'll be checking in with him throughout the morning here on WBEN it he's uh, outside of the tops on Jefferson Avenue, where the president is expected to go to straight from the tarmac. And as uh, as Tim said, lots of media there, Brian, and that's the kind of thing that will happen when there's lots of media. Uh, signal, si A lot of signals going out, but uh, as Tim said, uh, he will be there with the uh, people we mentioned on Air Force One with them, Governor Kathy Hochul and uh, Mayor Byron Brown as well, uh, to meet with the victims, families, and um then again, we'll address the media uh, right around 1 o'clock. Should point out, although you might already realize it, if you're in that area or planning to be in the area around the 33, around the airport, uh, road closures, watch out, uh, traffic jam in a time where you might not expect it at this time of day because of the presidential motorcade. Uh, that's, if not already happening, will be happening in the very near future as the president uh, begins to make his way 
to uh, that car in the motorcade. You see the Secret Service right now standing outside of it. The president meeting with the Erie County Sheriff, uh, members of the state troopers office before stepping inside that vehicle, which they're doing right now, rounding the doors. Uh, the first lady, along with the governor, and uh, as we mentioned, both senators from New York, Congressman Brian Higgins on board as the president prepares to pay his respects, greet the families who are grieving here in western New York, and will uh, take off. It will be here for much of the morning and early afternoon before leaving at some time around 3 or 4, though we heard earlier this morning uh, we're expecting that maybe to be later. He's uh, meeting with the families of people who lost their lives on Saturday that will likely go much longer than what we have for any sort of schedule here right now. And as Brian mentioned, the uh, traffic closures, that those stay closed while uh, the president is here. As someone who was stuck in traffic last time, uh, president vi- uh, presidential visit, just realize if you're thinking, that's not me, I, I'm not taking those routes, well, the cars will overflow onto the secondary routes. So, you know, if you have to be somewhere, just plan some time is all I'm saying, because those roads uh, will be closed for much of the morning and early afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, I mean, Air Force One, the presidential motorcade, it's not every day you see it here in western New York. Certainly not the circumstance that we want to see it back here. Uh, But it it is quite an event when it all happens, as we see from all the media, uh, everybody who is around some of these areas where the president's expected later on today. Uh, The president will give his message, Joe, I thought, you know, in the tone of the visit today, I thought something very similar out of the White House earlier this morning where, I mean, they were presented with the opportunity to, you know, call out individual media members uh, to uh, go on the attack. But the new White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, pretty much declined to do so. I I thought it was a reserved statement from her on behalf of the president yesterday. Any one person, right, doesn't matter who they are, uh, who um, spews this type of hate, uh, hatred, uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to call out. We're going to condemn that. Uh, I'm not going to speak or call out any individual names. I'm saying that this is something that we need to call out. That's the White House press secretary yesterday when asked about what happened in Buffalo, asked about the president's upcoming visit. And we'll see later on what the tone of the president is. Right. Uh, Given the opportunity yesterday, I think especially important before this visit actually happens, before meeting with these families, to kind of keep it like that, uh, keep it reserved. And what we started off this show talking about, right, Uh, that role of head of state, uh, consoler in chief that you have to play sometimes that's very important. Yeah, it really it's what what we should hear this afternoon is a speech about coming together, a speech about grieving, and again, as Brian and I have both said, uh, making that statement that the nation uh, is grieving along with Western New York and is here for Western New York. And you know, still at a loss for words. It's it's I'm right there with you, Brian. Uh, it's 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 those it's that thing, you know. Um, Still feeling the pain, and you you hear the phone calls today. You heard the people uh, that we talked to, um, and you can you can still hear it in their voices. You hear the accounts of people that were in the store, 
and it's um, uh, it's it's so tragic, and it it does leave you at a loss for words, and it it really it's just that rush of emotion that I talked about on Saturday night, um, that rush of of pain and and, and some anger uh, mixed in, and you can hear it kind of coming in. We spoke with Eva Doyle earlier this morning, um, and, and you know in. Brenda, who called us yesterday, who lost her cousin in that attack, where you, over a period of time, maybe you do so much talking, um, you, you know, maybe it's like Darius Pridgen, uh, like a Ulysses Wingo, like so many of the people we've talked to over the past couple of days, where you kind of talk and talk, and you, you do so much of it, that you almost don't have time to reflect, and it doesn't hit you right. until you maybe pause for a moment. And it sometimes hits you in the middle of talking, even though it's something that you've been saying for 48-plus hours. And we've heard that a couple times this morning, whether it was from Darius Pridgen, um, Eva Doyle, Brenda yesterday, who told us that, you know, she couldn't find any of the words. She started talking with us. And, you know, when once you start that, I don't think she could stop. Right. And it was just this outpouring of everything on your mind. It almost comes out like a word soup. And then it all starts to kind of hit you at once because you don't know what to say until you start rattling off things to say yeah and so and, until you start talking about it until you and then like you said brian you start talking about it and you, you get out what you've been thinking what you've been feeling over the last 48 plus hours and I, i've come to a realization over the last couple of days you know so often people are asking why there isn't action taken um you, you know some sort of action uh, some law passed some you know something done right within that community. And I think, you know, that's for other people to talk about. You know, in that community, you're still dealing with the grief of what happened. Right. You're still dealing with so many things before you even begin to search for some sort of answer. Um, it, we talked with Ulysses Wingo this morning. He's still dealing with trying to help out people who are wondering where to pick up their prescriptions now, uh, who are looking for food, who are grieving their neighbors, loved ones, friends, family. You're so absorbed in trying to do that at home that you're not starting to look for some greater answer, some sweeping law of on a federal or statewide scale that is going to help you, you know, in the future. Right. Uh, you're trying to help your community right now uh, kind of get through this moment. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and seeing the, the, the post of, you know, donate here and, and the, the places that are collecting food, collecting uh, donations to help the victim's family, to help the community, you know, those are all great, and, and I, I think those should be shared. But, you know, 
uh, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, Brian. You know what's not helping? You know what's not what, what doesn't show that you're with the community or grieving with the community is the finger pointing that we continue to see on social media uh, saying it's this fault and it's your fault and get the heck out of here. Uh, that's not helping anyone. Again, as I said with the president here, it's not a day for politics. Um, but as we mentioned yesterday, I mean, all weekend and yesterday, what you see on social media, it's people wanting to play this blame game, wanting to play politics, wanting to point the finger. And if that is you, you're not grieving with the community. You're not standing with uh, with the community. You're not, you're not coming together. Uh, you're doing the exact opposite. And all those questions are still, you know, to come. We tried to kind of look at that. This question of social media, the governor has brought up before. You know, what's the role of social media companies? in what's on their platform of who's to stop this. If these pages and pages of words written by a shooter were apparently posted online somewhere right, available right. for days uh, or maybe even longer before the shooting even happened, I should somebody be held accountable? Who would have seen that? I, who is responsible for trying to stop that, for raising the red flag for taking it down is it easier to go after social media companies or is it easier to as we were talking about in the last half hour joe try and get people to further pay attention what's going on in their own home to to rewire people's minds to not be in that rabbit hole online i you know these are questions without easy answers and You know, I think we're so used to watching this from a distance and speculating on all these things right away. The brain doesn't work like that when it happens in your own backyard. No, it, it doesn't at all. As I said yesterday, you know, the, the we, we've seen this all around the country, but when it happens in your own backyard, it is it is so much more real, and it um it, it really does it, it it leaves you with as we've been saying it leaves you speechless and with a lot of questions, Brian. So the plan today, we know the president has landed uh, Air Force One at the Buffalo Airport. He's on his way to pay respects at the site of that shooting on Saturday on Jefferson Avenue. Uh, we'll be there live and bringing you coverage. Uh, you'll hear our Tim Wenger alongside David Bellavia as that happens. The president will meet with families of those who lost loved ones and then give remarks. Those remarks you'll hear live here on WBEN. We're expecting them a little after 1 o'clock. So, you know, at some point between 1 and 2 maybe for those remarks from the president. But it's all here. It's all live as we continue our coverage and continue to take your calls and thoughts, uh, your words, after what happened here over the weekend in our city of Buffalo. But all of that is coming up after the news with Randy, the presidential visit. Here in Buffalo, you're listening to B-Maz and Beamer on WBEN. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 